Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. When that Bitch, when that beat drops, I know it's like mm, I kill my vibe. <laughs> like the lyrics of the song, other than the hook, yeah, it's are stupid. dumb as shit. Yeah, it's completely yeah. ridiculous. I can feel your energy from two planets, planets away. away, and it's not. It's like it's like what the hell, dude? Is like somebody have your spine is like compressing, so you sound like this when you talk. You know, it's like what the fuck, dude? As soon as that beat, and you oh shit. Well, that's that's. And it, but it's just the tempo because if you actually like you you hear the music and you're just kind of like that beat is kind of tight you know you, you sit there but then when you actually listen to the lyrics you're like this song is fucking dumb it's yeah. like a lonely island song it's one of those songs that no one listened to the words right because the beat was dope as shit <laughs> you know when you hear the lyrics you're like, oh this is my jam and you're like this is my song motherfucker when this comes on right. i be dancing and shit it's like shut the fuck up because you ain't listening to it right exactly it's almost like when this comes on in the club you can you could see a few a few people where they actually just decided to listen to the words and they're dancing and all of a sudden they get that look on their face like what the, what the fuck? fuck is this bitch <laughs> <laughs> don't kill my vibe, my vibe. I can feel two planets away <laughs> oh. can you imagine data and wharf <laughs> data <Yeah>. and wharf <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Uh, welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks podcast, uh, our weekly news podcast to discuss news that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of April 16th, 2017, and um, obviously something that interests us is about talking about bitches that kill our vibe. That's really what we're trying to say here is don't do that. don't kill my vibe. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Also, um breaking news mm. as uh Cortana has let me know. The Arizona Diamondbacks have won three to one. <laughs> so And another breaking news, no one gives a shit. <laughs> another breaking news, you can go fuck yourself. So you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying, right? You know. Or as I call listen, them. Listen, listen. What did I call them? Bitch, the, don't the... kill my vibe. <laughs> bitch, don't kill my vibe. I'm gonna start doing that every time you make fun of me. Go, bitch, don't, don't kill, kill my, my vibe. vibe. <laughs> I can feel your energy from two planets away. <laughs> it's like it's funny because it's like like that song like it's like you listen to it and you're just kind of like yeah it is the hook it's the beat it's all of that you're kind of like uh you know you kind of get into then you're listening to and you're like this is like a lonely island song like the the verses have nothing to do with the hook right they have nothing to do with you know because it's like you know i'm gonna sin and all this stuff and you know it's like and then it's like out of nowhere, bitch, don't kill my vibe. It's like, vibe. what the fuck are you even talking about? Bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> bitch, don't kill my vibe. I was watching that movie, um, Pop Stars, uh, Never Stop Stopping or something like that. The one that Lonely Island, the the Lonely Island guys did like a year or two ago. It's on uh, HBO or something like that. And you know, they're like this former band that broke up, and then you know. Uh, uh, one of the dudes goes on a solo career and he doesn't quite make it. So <laughs> at the end of the movie, uh, their manager goes, oh, my God, where have you been? I've been trying to get in touch. He goes, I've been hanging out with my boys. Why? And she's like, Taylor Swift just got arrested for double homicide and they need you to perform at the opening of this award show. And I was like, really? That's what it takes to get these guys to put them on an award show with Taylor Swift being arrested for a double homicide. Like that makes sense. Yeah, I know, right? Oh <laughs> uh, man. All right. So now into some more somber news. <laughs> uh, not a great segue, but you know, um, over the last two weeks, uh, we lost uh, two two comedians. One a. Uh, uh, um, a legendary comedian and the other one a very big pop culture comedian um two weeks ago we lost don rickles who uh passed away at 90 from uh kidney failure and his home in uh, los angeles uh he was really the last of the true comedians like yeah. he you know like some people called him like the uh the insult comedian you know he was always a. Uh, so, Mr. Warmth. With Mr. Warmth, yeah, he was always uh, given that uh, Mr. Warmth uh, uh, moniker, and then the and every time he would appear, you would hear the the Matador uh, the Matador theme come up. You know, whenever he took the stage, um, there is a great documentary on Netflix. It's still on there right now. It's it's about Don Rickles. It's it's Mr. Warmth, and um, it has all the comedians that you know that uh, that looked up to him and and. Um, shows like his act on stage and it, it, the sad part is is that you can't do any of that anymore like all the the jokes that he makes and stuff like that no. you, you cannot do that because there's too many snowflakes in this world that would get too upset you know by what he oh, said you're offending me yeah but the thing is is that you know people that go to his car they want him to pick on them like that's that's like the goal is to get don rickles to pick on you and um he always made fun of everyone like it didn't matter who you were what you did you know he picked on you one of the one of the stories that i heard after he passed was um 
um, how him and Frank Sinatra became friends. Um, you know, very early on in, in Rickles' career, he was playing Vegas, and um, Frank Sinatra um, heard about him. Like people were talking about, oh, have you seen this guy? He's just like he is just insane. So he went to go see his show, and Don saw Frank in the audience and just started picking on him, and had Sinatra rolling, and became buddies after that. And they've been, you know, they've been friends. They were friends um, up until, you know, uh, Sinatra's death. And of course, you know, uh, you could see after he passed, there were a lot of videos on YouTube about, you know, of, of his act and some of his more famous stuff. Um, one of the things that was my personal favorite was um, uh, uh, a thing where it was a story that Frank Sinatra was telling to Johnny Carson about um don rickles so don's not even in this clip but it's about it's kind of just it show it's i think encapsulates don rickles quite well um and um so i think i think you might enjoy it too so you know, listen can i tell a story about sure. what this man did to me once you may have known or heard about this it was a true story this was a long time ago long before don got married i was eating dinner in a restaurant in new york and uh uh, I was sitting with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and uh, I'm trying to make out, you know. And he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso. And I finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> 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 I, went, I went for the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, and there's one in this article that I, uh, that I picked up on was, um, in 2012, you know, he was still going strong and in the tribute to Shirley McLean, he joked that he shouldn't make fun of black people of, he shouldn't make fun of the blacks. President Obama is a personal friend of mine. He was over the house yesterday and broke them up. That's just kind of <laughs> like, like, that's the shit he would say. And you always knew it was, it was in jest because at the end of every show, he would always talk about how he, you know how he was you know how he loved everyone and we should laugh and and you know that's really what it came down to and, and a lot of people knew him as a sweet as a sweet person outside of outside of just his stand-up well, he, routine. he was really the last one who could get away with it oh yeah like even in 2000 the 2015 16 17 he could say whatever the hell he wanted everyone's like well it's don rickle and you would so, laugh and you'd laugh yeah. and you'd just be like and and you know he if you there's also another great one is if you ever go um, on YouTube look at the one where he's at um, at uh, President Reagan's sec second inaugural he uh, he performed out there and he's you know making jokes and then like he would turn to um, Ronald Reagan and he'd be like am I going too fast for you Ronnie you know and then he would look at the audience going is he laughing tell me he's laughing you know <laughs> and stuff like that so it was, it's just you know he he didn't care who you were and i think that's what made him you know uh really strike a chorus is that he didn't give a shit who you were you were just he was just gonna he was gonna fuck with you no matter what i always so. liked um who was uh milton burl Oh right, right, right. He would talk shit about Milton Berle, and Milton Berle would get up, and fucking smack him. And shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If you ever watch, like, if you ever want to see like old school Hollywood, you know, um, you would check, go online and check out uh, the Dean Martin celebrity roasts, where he would always be on the on the dais, and you know when he came up, he would just unleash on 
everyone. And that was always what was fun about it. It was just like you would just sit there and go like, oh, my God, like, you know, he would say it and you would laugh, but there would be that uncomfortable laugh. But, you know, it was just one of those where you just kind of knew he was just he was just fucking around, which is basically right. what it was. And um, and um, so he's definitely going to be missed. Um, another one that passed and I didn't this took me totally by surprise. Yeah, me too. Um, Charlie Murphy, uh, Eddie's older brother. Um, uh, according to his manager, he died from leukemia Wednesday morning in the New York City hospital. He was—he had been going undergoing—he had been undergoing chemotherapy, and his family thought he was getting better. Um, of course, most people remember him for um, well, he had been a comedian, and he, he had just recently been touring with like Cedric the Entertainer, Eddie Griffin, George Lopez, D.H. Um and um, he, you know, co-wrote some of Eddie's movies like Norbit, Vampire in Brooklyn, and he also. He also co-starred, if you remember, The Boondocks. He always yeah. was the thug in The Boondocks, and he was in Black Jesus. Um, and uh, But, of course, he was most notably known for uh, for his famous, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, Charlie Murphy, uh, what do they call him? Uh, Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories. Yeah. And uh, he would talk about uh, Rick, Rick James, James and Prince. Prince. And... Uh, and here, this is this is my I, I grabbed this clip because this is like my favorite favorite thing that he says about Rick James, uh, on the on this. Thing like, escalated to the point where you know my man got too familiar, and I ended up having to whip his ass, man. You know because <laughs> you know he stepped across the line, right? Habitually, he's a habitual line stepper. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way he delivered every oh, line. Oh yeah, it's just hilarious. Oh man! And then when you know that whole that whole bit where he you know the the Rick James um, episode is probably one of the most popular ones where just all those stories about him and he's like you know like what was it where he says yeah my brother said you know you know Rick needs help and I was like yo man we just gave him some help we you just know? gave him some help what's that <laughs> you go think twice we come so <laughs> And then, of course, you know, and then, of course, his the Prince one, which was another great one, you know, where uh, so and and he and that, that that was a sad one for me when I when I heard he had passed. I was just I was genuinely like, oh, my God, no way. Um, and then uh, um, some of you may not have heard, but uh, Dave Chappelle was at a um, John Mayer concert recently. And um, like the day that it happened and he had actually um, stopped the uh, um, he had actually made a mention about um, Charlie Murphy and you hear the audience are just like, you know, you know, sad and stuff like that. And, you know, um, then, of course, he said the habitual line stepper line and um, John Mayer's like, I have to say that at least once a day. <laughs> you know, I have yeah. to call somebody a habitual line stepper. You're like, a habitual line stepper. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be missing. He was only fifty seven, so was, he was still really, still really. He young. kept that he kept that leukemia stuff pretty locked up. Yeah, and I, and I feel bad for Eddie, for his brother, and you know the rest of his family. So you know, so it's a two two big losses in two weeks. So, um, yeah, so. Um, and I think what was it on the comedy store? Cause usually when a comedian dies, you know, the comedy store puts up something and they put up something for Charlie Murphy was, uh, make God laugh. So, <laughs> um, so that, that was, uh, 
So that was a, kind of a sad way to start off the show, but we promise it's going to get a little bit better until we talk about Nintendo. Um, <laughs> so on that note, I think it's time we jump into our, well, I can't say one awesome thing. Let's just say our awesome things this week. <laughs> um, so why don't we just start off with your awesome thing and then we can just do the the other three. Okay. Um the Thor Ragnarok trailer, bro. Dude, that fucking looks awesome. Doesn't it kind of remind you? It has like a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to yeah, it. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a little more fun than what we've had um, in the previous two Thor movies. I mean, the director on it now is saying he was like, yeah, he goes, there is going to be a little more fun in this movie. And you have Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I mean, bruh. Anytime he's in a movie, I'm, I'm down. Oh, yeah. You know, and it definitely has that and just <laughs> that trait. And then to start it off with the fucking um, Led Zeppelin, you know, immigrant song, yeah. you know, you're just like, oh, and then he Hila or Hella or whatever. When she fucking catches the. Oh, my God. The, the hammer, hammer just crushes it. I was like, <laughs> and of course, you know, Kate Blanchett can get it in that black hair. I mean, yeah, that's straight up. You know, I was I, I don't know if um. If they're gonna play it like the comic, and and that's gonna be the daughter of Loki, because she's supposed to be the daughter of Loki, comic book. Yeah, I'm not. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's it's not sad, but I'm you know I'm not exactly sure, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> dude, when fuck it at the end when they have him out there, and then they cut his hair, so now he has the the short hair. But what was awesome, bro, was when he walked into when he's out there on the field, and then the the door opens up and the Hulk comes out. Yeah. And then he's like, yes! You're like, oh my god. I go, that's like the fans at that point. It's like, at the same time he says that you're, as the fans are going, yes! And he's like, I know him from work. And I'm like, work? Really? That's what, <laughs> that's what the Avengers are? That's, that's, that's your job? And then I'm curious, I'm curious if they're gonna like team up and bust out of there. Or if they're gonna, you don't even know at this point. They give just enough to get excited about it, but then still keep a lot of it. And that's the one thing I've always liked about Marvel and, and Star Wars, is they give you enough to get excited about it, and then just still manage to keep a lot of it under wraps. Like, right. we, we can give you these cosmetic stuff, so here, here you go. But, you know, after watching it, I'm I'm really excited for Thor. I can't wait for that one. There's too many movies coming out this week. I know. Or this month. Yeah. Or this year. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> right. Um, and, of course, this weekend was Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, Florida. And one of... Bucket Steve was salty that it was yeah. in Orlando this uh, year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it was cool because if you actually weren't able to attend, you can see the panels on YouTube. Like, they have them available on there, which I did see for a couple of panels on there. Um the thing though is is that yeah the panels are cool but a lot of times it's the life you know the the life of the floor the the the, the cosplayers and the you know the activities that happen on there are what actually makes it really really cool how many slave leias do you think were there oh god a lot i mean just leias in general you know now now there's a you you have uh you'll have slave leias like oh you're just trying to get attention we get it but then the people um, dressed up like uh, Ray, yeah. Like, oh, see so you about that life. <laughs> right. like, okay, <laughs> those are the one you take home. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, 
uh, one of the so of course we finally got teaser trailer on Friday for Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Bruh, it's yeah, it looks dark. You know what? Damn the trailer, okay? Because <laughs> right at the end, Luke Skywalker said the Jedi should die. The Jedi should end. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, no. I literally, I, I, the first time I saw the trailer was actually at work. So I came in. And the homie Ariel was like, "Hey, you see that? You see that last Jedi trailer?" I was like, "I peeked my head above my mind, like, huh? What trailer?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, man, the Star Wars trailer just came out an hour ago." I'm like, "Bet." I set my phone up, whatever, <laughs> and I'm watching it, and and then right when right when fucking it says the Jedi should end, I went, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> like super loud. <laughs> Bitch said, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Say- oh, go ahead. No, they say that they're they're definitely going to address um, Ray's uh, parentage. Yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. Parentage is such a dumb word. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> and and the, yeah, because um on when I got up for work, um, you know, I got to work and I um I had a few minutes before I had to clock in, so I went on my phone and then all of a sudden, like my Facebook feed like exploded with like she's a trailer for last jedi and i was like what you know <laughs> so of course i watch it before i i clock in i actually clock in late because i'm watching the fucking trailer because that's how i roll right <laughs> everything stops so i can i can do this and then there's another there's a girl in our office who's a total star wars fan and i go did you see the trailer she goes it come it came out already and then i go yeah it's online she's like fuck <laughs> runs over to her desk and she grabs her phone to go watch it. Yeah, I didn't give a fuck who saw me on. Oh phone. yeah, that's that's okay. that's how it and, is. And my uh, and later, so five minutes later, my boss, like the boss of the entire floor, who I'm cool with, you know, mm-hmm. she goes, Adam, I was very surprised today. I was like, Oh yeah, what happened? Because I saw you on your phone earlier, <laughs> trying to call me out. I was like, I was on my phone because a Star Wars trailer dropped, and she goes. Oh, I'm not even gonna bug you. Then. She already knew, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, look, I'm, I'll watch it at your desk. Yeah, like, I got no problem. That's where you walk over. and go, can you can you move from behind your desk real quick? Okay, bring up the right. Star Wars because you it's have like, you have that unfeathered internet, so I gotta watch it here. It's like, hey, can you plug this Chromecast into the big screen on the wall, please? I just want to send the trailer. I feel like everyone needs to join in. Yeah. Everything needs to stop right now, and everybody needs to watch this. Yes. Um, Another another cool thing was the Carrie Fisher tribute. Um, that was pretty good. That was good. Um, it was it was great because it was just you know all of of her like you know giving interviews and then like people talking about her and stuff like that. And it, it was it was one of those that if you if you haven't recon- reconciled you know the loss of Carrie, Fisher, it was definitely going to make you tear up a little bit. And. Uh, and the, the the shot that really kind of got me the the moment was when you started seeing like the little girls that went to con and dressed up as Princess Leia like OG Princess Leia. I yeah. kind of got a little misty right there. I was like, ugh, like you know, that's that's an icon for them, you know. So, um, and by the way, all of these, in case you haven't seen them or you want to see them even more, we have them linked in the show notes. But of course, I couldn't end this awesome thing without talking about. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Speaking of um, Battle, Battlefront 2, um, I need to say something that I just read on Collider, that the storyline of this game is actually canon. Oh, yeah, because they're doing a, they're actually going to um, have a book that's going to explain all of that. Yeah. So if you play this game, 
That's official Star Wars universe business. Yep. Like, it's not just offshoot bullshit. Right. Which makes it way more <laughs> enticing to get. Yeah, but this, if, this is... I'm calling Battlefield 2 Battlefield 1.5. Straight up. I That's mean, unofficial. This, this is the game that we should have got. Right, because battle the first Battlefront, like, yeah, it was cool looking, but no single player. Don't waste my fucking time. I didn't even buy that shit. And I was hyped yeah. for that game. You remember, we yeah. were like, oh, fuck. And then we're like, no single player. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Like, and the multiplayer, I played it at a friend's house. The multiplayer was dope. But it's just like most multiplayer, it's it's hollow. Yeah. It's just shooting things. There's nothing, you're not really doing much. Right. You know, so it's it's um, it's cool to see. And you're gonna play from the empire, like yeah. This like, the, oh, the, fuck. in case you have, if you in case you've been living on a rock this weekend, I mean, it essentially follows an elite Tie Fighter pilot who's a female, um, just at the end of the big battle for the Death Star on Return of the Jedi. So you're down on Andor, you're wasting fucking rebels, dude. Like. Just you see the way those soldiers are going, just wasting them all, and then the yeah. Death Star explodes, and the whole point is you're seeking vengeance against the the rebellion, um, and uh, and you're playing it from the Empire's point of view. In, in essence, and some people are touting it as like the Empire's the good guy. It's like no, not necessarily the good guy. It's just a different perspective. But the Empire, the Empire is very much. Um one of those military states where she probably thinks she's the good guy. Right. It's just a state you of know, mind is really what it is. You know? Exactly. So it's not like she's running. She's not, she's not, what I'm saying is she's not fucking Darth Vader. She's an evil fucking Jedi. Right, right. You know, she's just a soldier. Do that one you shot know? where she's like, don't move. And the, the, the figure stands up and it's Luke. And you're just like, Ooh. oh shit. You know, to get fucked up. Right. And watch that tone. <laughs> and then, of course, and it looks like there's going to be, a, you know, there's going to be space battles, which is cool. And then, of course, you have the, um, and then, of course, they have the multiplayer aspect, which is going to have, um, which you saw uh, Darth Maul, fucking Ray. Yeah. Um, See, Kylo I'm Ren. down with the multiplayer in Battlefront 2 as a secondary. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm okay with games that have are multiplayer only. They're just not for me. Yeah, and I and, and it was just a damn shame that Battle Battlefront didn't have. I keep saying Battlefield. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, same. But, I, I get it. EA, but you know, different. Listen, I'm just confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's been a long weekend. I really. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean that—that's the one thing, and that's the thing that I've been okay with, like the Call of Duty games, like the single-player option campaigns, fine. But um, you know, it's just—it's one of those where it's like, okay, those are cool, but at the same time, I want the, the multiplayer is fine if you want to play that, but I want a, a at least a decent single-player campaign, right. you know. So that should be a lot of fun, and and um, I'm really excited for that one. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, going, oh yeah. So that was it was just that was just a lot of fun to see. And I'm 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 hyped for that, especially the fact that, you know, you get to be fucking, you know, the fucking dark side, you know, you're kind of like or the Empire anyway. So that should be interesting because there won't be any Vader or Emperor at that point. So it really would be like the rise of the the new or the next the what is it? The new order or something? The new order. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. So I guess on that note, we should uh, jump into some headlines. So, I think we have our cable, not our internet. 
<laughs> we, the Hollywood Reporter is reporting bump, bump, uh, that uh, Thanos himself, Josh Brolin, will be Cable in the upcoming Deadpool 2. Uh, this has followed months of rumors that Michael Shannon, uh, Stranger Things uh, star David Harbour, as well as Russell Crowe and Brad Pitt were in uh, possible contention for this role. But it seems that according to the publication, Brolin will take will take on the role, although he will have to do it after he currently finishes his run as uh, Thanos in the Avengers Infinity War. And supposedly production of this movie is supposed to start in June. I kind of speculate that that might not happen given that uh, Infinity War is slated to run for nearly eight months in filming, so I'm not exactly sure how much Thanos will be uh, involved in that. I, even though I know he's mostly motion cap, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But uh, there is also, you know, un there's also some, uh, uh, how should I say, um, confusion as to whether... Um, Cable is going to be the way it was in the comics where he's from the future and the adult son of Scott Summers, also known as Cyclops. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm a little weird. It's funny because after this, this story came out, the reason why I'm a little hesitant on this story is simply because um, even uh, what's his name? Ryan Reynolds was like, you can't have two, uh, the same person playing two different characters in, in the same universe, you know? And so, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Like, for me, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see. Honestly, people only care about Deadpool anyway. Yeah. Um, but I kind of wish they would have had Domino instead of Cable. Yeah. I love Domino. Well, like, Domino's little... in it. Is she in the new one? She is going to be in the new one, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because the, them together, it's hilarious. Yeah. Because he hits on her constantly, and then she beats the shit out of him for it. Which will be amazing, because you'll see that in the, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Domino's fucking legit. Okay. She has a really, she's one of those people that has a really weird power that works to her advantage. Like, she's lucky. That's her power. Like, she's also a trained, you know, killer and all stuff like that. But she's just lucky. Like, people will aim at her and shoot, and their gun will jam. Yeah. Like it's it's really fucking weird, but Kinda it's like black it's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's dope. But um, I'm looking forward to the movie. I don't give a fuck who Cable is. I kind of wanted uh, my man Ron Perlman. <laughs> I thought that would have been funny as fuck, right? <laughs> but um, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, speaking of fucking comic book, our whole entertainment section is comic book shit, right? <laughs> As it should be. Um, there's been an update to the upcoming Batman and Harley Quinn uh, animated film that will be coming out at some point. Where's the where's the fucking this summer? Later this summer. So this summer. This summer. <laughs> so after the world premiere of Teen Titans Judas Contract. Over the weekend during Warner Brothers Home Entertainment WonderCon 2017 presentation. Damn, you said that in one breath. <laughs> Thank you. Fans of the DC Universe animated original movies line can look forward to check checking out the anticipated film on digital HD tomorrow. 
uh, and on Blu-ray slash DVD starting April 18th. A little plug, Teen Titans Juice contract. I don't. I originally didn't want to see this Teen Titan because I don't like Teen Titan. I'm gonna be straight up. I'm not I'm a big DC. fan of it. I'm not a big. I'm DC either. for life, and I just don't <laughs> give a fuck about the sidekicks. I just don't care, you know. But anyway, now that that's on your calendar, as Collider <laughs> says, um, you can look ahead to the to the year's third animated feature for DC Entertainment, Batman and Harley Quinn. The new film due out this summer through digital download, Blu-ray, and DVD. Why do they still make DVDs? Because people still buy DVDs. Who? I do on occasion. You fucking up. Dude, but when I I guess a lot of people do, because every time I go to Target when a new release comes out, like certain sections are all gone. So apparently people do. But it's to the point where people won't stop until they say no. That's what they did with VHS. It don't matter. They were making VHS tapes and then they were like, nah. But I think DVDs are lasting longer because they're easier to make than VHS. Well, nowadays, I mean, now they're bundling them with Blu-rays. I know, but I just, no. Just no. That's all I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, ugh, I all fucked up. Now, we'll return to a style made famous by Batman the Animated Series and animator slash co-creator Bruce Timm who will also act as executive producer on the new feature. And a report from Empire also confirms the film's cast, characters, and basic story, which will team up Batman, Nightwing, and the title character and fan favorite, Harley Quinn, who my daughter is named after. Because we ain't fucking around around here. All right? Steve, no. Here's a look at the characters you can expect to see in Batman and Holly Quinn and the talents who will be voicing them. So, Batman, you already know Kevin Conroy. Of course. We ain't fucking around, okay? <laughs> so, Batman is Batman in this one, okay? Now, here's one that threw me threw me a little bit. Harley Quinn, Melissa Rauch. Yeah. From the Big Bang Theory, the, uh, the hot blonde. For those who don't remember names. And for um, those of you that are unsure, that voice she has on the show is not her real voice. Right. So I think she is capable, but I'm 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 curious. I'm def- definitely curious. I'm a little curious. surprised yeah, Tara Strong wasn't in it. Yeah, I was too. Especially She's hot when too. it's oh, Tara Strong can get it. She looks like Harley Quinn a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean, well she went to uh, she went to a con dressed as Harley. <laughs> I know she did. And I was like, uh <laughs> um nightwing is uh, <laughs> nightwing is lauren lester um who uh yeah lauren <laughs> lester also returns to voice the character he brought to life on batman the animated series and poison ivy i was, I was i'm actually interested in this is paget brewster from criminal minds so this chick I used to watch Criminal Minds all the time because my wife likes that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this, like, it's it's one of those, like, feminine deep voices. Yeah. You know, that I think is going to fit Poison Ivy really well. Because Poison Ivy sometimes gets very, like, almost Shakespearean when she's explaining shit because she has that holier-than-thou fucking attitude. Right. You know, so I think that's going to be pretty good. So um, we'll see the trio take on Poison Ivy and Jason Woodrue aka the Floronic Man, aka Plant Master, <laughs> who are out to cause AKA a global catastrophe. Not Calendar Man. Right. <laughs> I don't know why they haven't done it yet, I don't know. 
I was listening to some other podcast and they said the same thing. Like, just put in, oh, it was, I'm trying to remember. And they're like, just give me Calendar Man, okay? Just give that to me. (laughs) Listen, it can be done. Look at the fucking, the Arkham games. Bruh. The Calendar Man's like a secret. Like, you find him, but he's creepy as fuck. (laughs) Like, it, it can be done. Okay. Anyway. Um, and they gave him special powers now in the comic books. Like, he doesn't age or something. Or No, he ages. He goes through, like, a complete life cycle in a year. In a oh, yeah, that's year, what I, that's and what he I sheds his He sheds his skin, and he's young again. Like, what creepy shit. <laughs> um, who are out to cause a global catastrophe as per usual? This seems like a fun lineup of heroes and villains alike. But fans are a little curious about uh, Rauch's addition as Holly. Quote, quote, quote. I love that Holly is a badass, and beyond that, that she uses her humor as another weapon in her arsenal, comments Rauch. She knows just how to diffuse a situation with her humor and how to incite a situation with her sarcasm. It's a dream role. I knew Holly had a higher-pitched tone and a bit of a New York accent, and I come from a New Jersey family where everyone could be former gun moles. I've heard, Um, I've, I've, I've seen her on, like, uh, Craig Ferguson, where she talks in her kind of native New Jersey accent. And, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, it wouldn't, and not to offend any New Jerseyans or New Yorkerites or whatever. New Yorker, you mean New York commuters? <laughs> whatever. They can all calm down. But the, the difference in accent is, is slim. Like, you can, you can easily say a few things differently, and you'll, you'll sound like you're from where Harley's from. So I'm not going to read the rest. Um, so she's excited about the role. Um, I mean, she's a good actress, right? Yeah. And she has the she has the voice for it. We kind of heard it when she was um, when she yelled back at uh, Howard's mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. In that one episode. And, and I, I instantly remembered that when mm-hmm. I saw that she was doing this. So, um, you know, and she's hot. You know, give yeah. her a break. <laughs> Just like I told a girl at, at work, we have this new girl at work. And she's really cute, but she's kind of got that holier-than-thou attitude. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm the best, you know. She's a little too young. And she's like 20. And this other girl that's sitting with her was a good friend of mine. She's like, ugh, she's so fucking annoying. And I'm like, yeah, but she's too cute, so she can't make a mistake, so she's fine. And she goes, <laughs> no, that's not how that works. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. <laughs> well, it's like in that uh, in that uh, Superman, uh, I mean, um, that Supergirl and uh and uh flash crossover where the music meister is like yeah i love that rendition of moon river you gave you were a little flat in places but i'll let you pass because you're just too darn cute i was like damn yeah it's such it's such an insult (laughs) all right moving on into gaming news PC gamers have ha- have for most part been able to get refunds for digital content for a couple of years now. Console users have not had that luxury until now. Well, providing you are a member of the Xbox One Insider program, this week Microsoft announced that they are testing out "quote unquote" self-service refunds for digital content purchases from the Xbox Game Store and Windows Store, according to Polygon. The functionality is in, currently in alpha in an alpha release for the Xbox One Insider program, but has some limitations as to what is eligible for a refund. Here is the policy. Games and apps are eligible for self-service refunds within 14 days of purchase if you have 
less than two hours of playtime across all accounts. DLC, season passes, and add-ons are not eligible for self-service refunds. The game or app must be downloaded and launched before requesting a self-service refund. You must wait at least one day after the game or app's release before requesting a self-service refund. Certain Windows 10 apps may not be eligible for self-service refunds. Microsoft reserves the right to block access to users who abuse self-service refunds. This makes Microsoft the first gaming console to allow refunds on digital purposes, uh, purchases. Currently, all sales are final on the PlayStation Store for US-based customers, as well as the Nintendo eShop. Microsoft seems to be leveling their refund policy with that of Valve, which has a similar policy on Steam. The only diff real difference between is that Steam allows refunds on DLC. Origin also allows refund on all EA published games and certain third-party titles. While Microsoft is stating that DLC is not eligible for refunds, that could only apply to the alpha version being tested. The policy could change and expand to be more similar to Steam's refund policy, although it is nice to see someone in the console world moving into the modern age. Let's be honest, physical games can be returned or exchanged, which is which should have always been an option so yes it's pretty it's pretty intelligent and and this is if if this takes off i could see sony doing something very similar yeah and if also if this really takes off buy gamestop right exactly people already hate going to gamestop yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm, i mean i saw that i was like oh that's that's kind of interesting because yeah that's always been the reason why i've kind of hedged on buying digitally is because yeah. of like you know well if it sucks at least i could go to gamestop and then return it you know or exchange it for something else you know and and usually you find out fairly quickly that the game's gonna suck you know um home front you know ring a bell for anybody um, uh home front home front pissed me off because the premise of home front is so good i know right you're just like oh my god like there's some kind of war and the Chinese invade America. Mm -hmm. Like in your you're the resistance. And then it was just they sent waves of people right. through a fucking on rails that I'm like, no. <laughs> you no. And there was a point where I was playing the game and I was just pointing at the screen going, No, no, you fucking <laughs> did. You ruined it. I was so hyped for that game. I bought that game launch day. Yeah. Oh, really? And I don't usually do that. Mm -hmm. Like I was just so hyped for the story, and even the opening cutscene mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. dope as fuck. You see, the fucking dudes are lined up execution, execution style. They get yeah. popular. Like, oh fuck, we about to do this. Like it made you real, and you see like the torn up American flag. Yeah, you're like, oh, we about to do this, motherfucker, for America. As soon as you hop off that bus, you're like, this is depressing. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I didn't buy the game. I remember playing it. I think I rented it through GameFly because I heard like day one releases, people were giving it like fives and and like they were giving it like bad reviews. And then I got it on GameFly and I didn't even I only played like maybe not even two hours. And I was like, fuck yeah. it. I'm sending it back. And then the second one came out and it was even worse. Yeah. From what I heard, because yeah. I didn't even try it. So there was an update to the story I'm about to unveil to you all um and i'm going to read it i'm going to read the update after the article because i want you to go through the same emotions i went through <laughs> okay and we're going to share in that i puked so, a little in my mouth when i um you know what i'm talking about yeah, i know what you're talking about if a reported if a reported listed 
Oh, shit. <laughs> if a reported listing mm-hmm. by Nintendo's official Russian online store is any indication, a Switch bundle that includes a copy of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is on the horizon. The listing includes gray or neon Joy-Con options. While the page is unavailable to be viewed in some territories, Reddit user Lord Danar posted an image of the bundle. So you just see the Switch box, and it's got the Rainbow Road track in the background, and then you see the box for Mario Kart Deluxe. It's important to note that Nintendo has yet to officially announce the bundle, and its release could be limited to Russia. That said, the company is holding a Nintendo Direct later today. This was like a couple days ago. While the focus of the Direct will be on Splatoon 2 and ARMS, other titles will be discussed as well, and it's possible we'll hear about the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe bundles at that time. In the meantime, the IGN says what to expect from Nintendo Direct. No one cares. Now I'm going to read you the update. A representative from Nintendo has confirmed that the previously outed Mario Kart 8 Deluxe console bundle is indeed coming, but will only be available to those in fucking Russia. I added fucking. Fucking Trump, dude. Quote, quote, quote. The bundle is exclusive to Russia and there are no plans. No plans to bring it to other countries at this time. Nintendo rep told GameSpot. What the fuck? Nintendo, stay fucking up. Yeah. Why would you not bring a Mario Kart bundle? Well, this kind of goes in with our discussion topic of, like, do they hate money? Like, literally, do they hate money? For the Wii U, which didn't sell well, the most sold Wii U bundle was the Mario Mario Kart one. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I, look, the Zelda bundle's dope as fuck. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have got that. But you already fucking up because you only... People are paying $300 to play Zelda. There was nothing else on there that right. anyone wanted to fucking play. Now you're going to finally... Okay, the Mario Kart... You put, a Mario Kart you put a Mario Kart bundle out there, it's gone. Like It will oh, be it, gone. Erased. From like, You wouldn't even notice. <laughs> they wouldn't have time... From existence. <laughs> they wouldn't even have time to rest them on the shelf. <laughs> like, it's... It's stupid. It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And the and the and the Switch didn't sell. It sold pretty well. Yeah, it but sold it didn't over, sell it's, that well. It sold over a million units, you know, right. when it was launched, which is good comparative to the Wii U, you know. Now, also though, I doubt they will never have a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe bundle in the United States. I doubt it. Or um the UK as well. Mm-hmm. I doubt. I doubt that, or Europe. But this just, is. But we're living in Trump's America now. Listen, I think this happened because we're Russia's pissed off at us about that serious shit. So, so Nintendo is conspiring with. Are, are we that? Po- are we that podcast now? Have we delved into conspiracy listen, theories? Now? Listen, this is the situation. Okay, direct from the Kremlin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they told Nintendo of Japan, listen, don't bring that Mario Kart 8 bundle to the United States. Nintendo's like, why? It's like, because fuck the United States. That's why. We're going to have it. Fuck everyone else. Because <laughs> Russia number one. 
This is what's happening. I'm telling you. This is Elias Jones, and you got to go ahead and find out all this all this information that we have about the conspiracy between Nintendo uh, and Russia. Go ahead to go to our website, MarioCartConspiracy.org. Uh, <laughs> now, dot info and dot gov. <laughs> all jokes aside, there could be no plans for this bundle, <laughs> and they're just releasing it in Russia. But Nintendo and, and Sony, any, any of the Japanese gaming companies, they do not say things to be nice like american companies they just there's no plans at this time like that just means she doesn't fucking know yeah you know so she's not gonna say anything stupid america like it, microsoft be like well you never know we haven't really do out everything we still don't right. have all the information giving them half answers yeah. and shit you know so never say never I, <laughs> I doubt we'll. Ne- I'll, I doubt we'll never see a Mario Kart bundle switch yeah. in the United States, to be honest. But because um, that would just be stupid and insane. It just blew my mind. I read because I when I picked this this news bit, the update wasn't there. So then I go back to it reviewing my shit, and I'm like, "You motherfuckers! <laughs> like for real? Some Soviet Union shit there? I said it. I said it. Okay." Russian to get it together. Uh, I know. It's just one of those. Yeah, it's just one of those kind of things where you're just kind of like, what the fuck, dude? <sighs> All right. On that depressing note, I, and if I say any more, it's going to come in a discussion topic. So at this point, I think it's just we move on to comics. Um, if you were a fan of comics, then you have heard the name Greg Ruka. Since DC Comics launched their Rebirth initiative last year, he's been part of bringing the Wonder Woman comic back to prominence. Last week, Ruka announced that he will be leaving the book with issue 25. He explained that his departure from the title was his own decision and that he couldn't, quote, maintain the pace on the title while also fulfilling my commitments to my other collaborators. Quote, Writing Diana again has been an amazing experience on a level of a dream come true, Roka wrote on his Tumblr. Any of us who've worked on the book this last year have wanted to it um, have wanted is to serve her well, to illuminate what we absolutely believe makes Wonder Woman such a remarkable and unique and timeless and important character. To have her at Excuse me. To have had the opportunity is something that I doubted I would ever get again. Most of us don't get a single bite at the apple, let alone two, you know, to get the opportunity at a time when Diana is rising to such long overdue prominence makes that apple all the sweeter. She that she turned 75 during the course of our run is to ruin an analogy icing on the cake. We started Rebirth with a specific thorough broad fairly broad mandate from dc bring her back to her core was what jeff johns told me rucka continued how we did it was up to us our success in doing so is measured of course by you wonder woman 23 sees the end of our primary storyline lies in truth lie um the lies the truth and wonder woman 24 serves as something of an epilogue to that tale wonder woman 25 will i hope set the table for who is to follow and provide them as much room to work and explore and grow. Diana's future is bright, and that's what I'm saying. As there may not be any DC work for him at this moment, he expects there will be 
work for him in the future. As for now, he will be focusing on his own titles that he created at Image Comics like Black Magic with Scott and Lazarus Omnipress, Stumptown, and his Kickstarter comic Lady Saber. Rucka's run on Wonder Woman was amazing and will be sorely missed. Um, I haven't, I've, I've haven't actually read um, the issues, but I have been listening to a podcast that goes through this whole thing. And at this particular point, there seems to be um, an, a thing going on which started in Action Comics and Superman, where it is actually blend where the characters are remembering pre Flashpoint. Yeah, and Wonder Woman has had been catatonic in a lot in uh, a couple issues leading up to that. But now she's come out of it and she's saying that she's been lied to and now she's got to find out why she's being lied to. She's always been the one that's been a little like she knows something's off. Yeah, because in the because in the action and Superman comics, the uh, the uh, new 52 and the uh, the Superman from uh, Doomsday merged. So now he has all the memories of all of Superman previously and of the new 52 which um also has um impacted in what people are believing is wonder woman which is why she came out of her catatonic state and also um reverse flash popped up and remembers flashpoint so they believe that's all and part of what's hap- going to happen with the eventual uh um dc watchmen crossover so um it's 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 pretty interesting because I'm, I'm 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 digging the whole fact that they're actually finally combining the timelines. Basically, saying, "Yeah, we know we kind of fucked up a little bit with the new Fifty Two, so we're just gonna kind of make them all one now." Because DC is all about simplifying their canon, you know. That's Cause, right. Because that's what DC does. Because they have to simplify it for plebs. <laughs> can't keep up <laughs> right because you know because we you know it depends on which timeline we're talking about you know oh because marvel doesn't do the same i'm done with this conversation okay <laughs> no they don't <laughs> they they make it to where you actually have to go back into aramaic and figure right. out where the where the My story question is anytime someone says spider-man you're like which one <laughs> right exactly like fuck <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> speaking of Spider-Man, ooh, little segue I set up for myself. Marvel comic characters <laughs> are coming to the Achi Comics Digest format, beginning with Spider-Man this June. The Digests are, f- are familiar to Achi Comics fans and bring the same format to Marvel stories, with over 200 pages per Digest of the most memorable classic and modern stories from every decade of Marvel's history. The Spider-Man, di- the Spider-Man digital features at and stories from Marvel Legends like Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. For a look at the covers of the upcoming Spider-Man Avengers Digest along with a few select pages, check out slideshows below. So on the show notes, you'll go to IGN's article and they have um, a little slideshow going on. And, okay, I'm just going to keep reading this. Hold on. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel S- SVP sales and marketing, David Gabriel, told us a lot of thought went into the choosing went into choosing the content for each of the Marvel slash Archie Digest. Each Digest sized volume is full of comics, perfect for Marvel fans of any age, and are specially designed to be gateways to all corners all to all corners of the Marvel Universe. The first Digest available June 7th features stories spanning the lifetime of Spider-Man. The second Digest starring the Avengers 
comes out August 2nd, the digest won't be reprinted, making them a can't-miss collector's item. To pull in the um, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. So, I think this was pretty cool, and I I mean, it, I get it, it's a collector's thing right now, but I hope they do it, I hope they keep doing it. Like, just put old-school stories there's a lot of those like 70s comics were one-offs like yeah. you didn't they don't you don't have to know what's going on you know so i think that would be real cool especially for kids or something because i used to read those Archie comics all the time yeah like and they had the um the sonic ones too that were in digest form um and my my youngest son buys the sonic one like if we see it at the uh at the damn grocery store, it's something I gotta buy. They're like <laughs> eight bucks or something. I'm like, God damn! I remember when these were like two dollars. <laughs> um, so that's when you look at your kid and go, "I'm going broke because of you." <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the testament of my mistakes. Like, oh <laughs> shit, shit! <laughs> like, God damn! <laughs> no, but um, I really like this. I think it's a good idea, and I I hope they you're the reason why I can it. never be happy. <laughs> right. Somebody in the comics um, added a pretty a good question. Said, "Wait, does Archie Comics own that format?" <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because it, yeah, Archie it's always comics. been Archie. Yeah. Well, because it's Archie Comics, not Marvel Comics, who is selling and publishing the books. Why wouldn't Marvel just do it on their own? Yeah. And um, that well, this is a good answer to that. It's pretty sure it's because Archie already has the ability to press thousands of the books in the proper size. Which is probably more to the point. Yeah. They already have the machine set up, so they do a little partnership or something, you know. And uh, Archie Comics makes a little money on the side. So, cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, cool. You know, good idea. Yeah. All right. Moving on into technology. Um, Adam, you like classic car- cartoons? You know, like I Looney do. Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Bugs Bunny, yeah. Tom and Jerry? Yeah. 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 Well, Boomerang which was offered as a cable channel, is now offering a streaming service that catalogs more than 5,000 cartoons, and it's officially live. Subscribers can pay five bucks a month to stream classic and current cartoons, including the aforementioned uh, cartoons. Uh, Customers can also subscribe on an annual basis for 40 bucks a year, which drops the price down to $3.33 a month. According to the website uh, via The Verge, Boomerang offers new episodes each week, though it doesn't specify which shows will receive new weekly content, and offers more than 1,000 episodes of the classic cartoons uh, previously named. It does not appear that the previously advertised shows, like the Jetsons and the Flintstones, are available at launch, but are expected to be added later. Boomerang is available to U.S. customers on desktop, Android, and iOS. Support for streaming services like the Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Roku, and Chromecast are upcoming. Uh, Boomerang does compete with services like HBO for Sesame Street and Nickelodeon's Noggin. It is far, by far the least expensive of the bunch. So if you like cartoons and you want to reach watch those classics using the idea, well, you know, my nieces or or my my friend brings their kids over, it's for you. We get it. You know you're trying to watch some Looney Tunes. Exactly. Don't yeah. Don't, don't try to make it seem like, oh, well, you know, in case they come over, I'd like them to have it. Bullshit. <laughs> That's what you're sitting like, there look, watching. I won't tell nobody right. if you let me watch a little bit. Too. <laughs> right. <laughs> now it's going to be like, hey, you know, you want uh, Boomerang and Chill? <laughs> I, you know, I'm surprised they they can play Looney Tunes uh, nowadays without people getting sensitive. Oh, you know, 
you know, yeah. I'm just saying. Nah, I get you. <laughs> Listen, this next article might cause some emotional reactions from people. Thank fucking God is all I can say. <laughs> After a long and courageous battle with relevance, <laughs> IGN with the jokes, dude. <laughs> Support for Windows Vista officially ended on April 11th. 2017. Will I ever still get my apology for Vista? No. Yeah. You did. It's called Windows 10. <laughs> um, no, it's the called the, it was called the uh, uh, the tester mode for 7, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, the follow-up to Microsoft's beloved Windows XP. Oh. And I do mean beloved yeah. operating system. Vista sadly failed to live up to its marketing hype. Perhaps most famous for introducing alerts whenever users attempted to make changes or use it. <laughs> Add that. The operating system was best known for constantly interrupting work rhythm with needless alerts. On top of being intrusive, it also gobbled up precious computing resources like CPU and RAM. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, people hated it, preferring to stick with Windows XP. In fact, the enormous popularity of Windows XP gave it a life spanning from 2001 <laughs> all the way to April 2014. <laughs> Four years, actually seven years longer than it should have. <laughs> Dude, I was working at Best Buy Geek Squad and people still rolling with XP. <laughs> and and I was working during the time when they ended support for it. And I was like, hey, you're going to have to switch, bro, because they, they ended it. And he's like, no, no, I'm not switching. Like, oh, shit. Be rolling Most in my XP. <laughs> <laughs> Most people remember this. Dude, no. When you told them they had to upgrade, they're like, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Bitch, don't kill bitch, my don't vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> Most people remember Vista as the Windows operating system everyone hated. And while that's generally true, it also introduced things like DirectX 10, Windows' new visual style Nobody called care. Arrow, and simplified <laughs> Windows update. Windows Vista did have some good things that carried over to 7, but they were overshadowed by how shitty it was. Windows Vista was replaced by Windows 7, which was a far more superior <laughs> operating system in 2009. Which most people consider the follow-up to Windows XP. <laughs> I like I like how they word this because it sounds like people dying. So it says, Windows Vista was replaced by Windows 7 in 2009. It's survived by Windows 8, Windows 8.1, <laughs> and a grandchild, <laughs> Windows 10. <laughs> While Windows Vista goes quietly into the night, Microsoft recently revealed the specs of Project Scorpio. It's 4K-ready update to Xbox One, which is true, and it looks pretty badass. Um... The Windows Vista, I had, we bought a computer around the time that Vista came out. And it's horrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was just so bad. You know that laptop like, that I'm using, that I still use? Yeah. That came pre-installed with Windows Vista. Ugh. And then I, I had that for, I think, a couple of months. And then they, then remember they did, the Windows was like, hey, we're going to, you know, you can do the, uh, what was it, that builder, or not the builder thing, but that little testers for Windows 7. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> Got rid of Vista, went on 7, and never looked back. Well, then, like, Vista, so aesthetically, it was fine. It pretty much looked like Windows 7. Right. But I don't know what, I forget what it was, but God, did that thing. Well, first of all, it rendered the desktop in 3D. Yeah. In DirectX 10 3D which was brand spanking new at the time. So if you didn't have a bomb-ass graphics card, and it always rendered it too, like you would have a game running and the desktop still being rendered in the background. Like, why? And, and another thing too is that 
I used to have so many things crash because it was using so much of my RAM yeah. that it was like I couldn't I like uh, I would freeze because well the computer would freeze not me but the computer would freeze and I would too because I'd be like what the fuck's going on what happened now you could you could say Vista was ahead of its time because if Vista and let me finish before you tell me I'm an <laughs> idiot um Vista if Vista was released today on systems that are out now it would run perfectly fine because we have I mean my computer has like 32 gigs of RAM like it's it's not it would run fine. However, we have Windows 10 now, which uses less than seven, and seven <laughs> use less than ten or Vista. Right. So, it's whatever. You know what I mean? Like Vista was just a failed, just like eight was really. Well, I mean, it was. You could say it was ahead of its time, or you could just say they expected it to. They expected computer technology to exceed far beyond what they what actually happened. Well, and then also, too, back then, Microsoft used to try to be slick. Like, they would sell an operating system that required you to get a new computer because they had deals with fucking HP yeah. and Dell and all this shit like that. So people, but most people don't want to do that. They don't want to go out and buy a new fucking computer. So they don't do that anymore. That's why Windows 10 is like a service at this point. Well, one, one of the things that I think fucked them over, as opposed to, like, Apple, is the fact that they required you to buy the new operating system, which most people were like, well, fuck that. Why am I going to spend money to have the new system where everybody's telling me it sucks? I'll just stick with what I got as opposed to Mac, which goes ahead and says, oh, yeah, the new system's up. Here you go. Which is pretty much what Microsoft's doing now. Well, Windows yeah. 10. Windows 10 is a, yeah. a, 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 what was for what I mean, what is uh, Windows 10 is supposed to be like the last of the like new OSs. And after that, it's going right. to pretty much just be, you know, maintaining it at this point. They're rolling. It's a, it's called. It's called a rolling release when when they do that. And pretty much almost everyone but Microsoft does that. <laughs> a rolling release. Cons so consider myself be, shocked. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually Windows 10 is just called Windows. Well, that, that's what somebody, I think it was Tom Merrick on Daily Tech News Show. He was talking about that. Like, he was like, yeah, he goes, at some point, you know, he goes, they're going to, you know, stop calling it like, numeric like you know another company that stopped calling it animals and just ended up calling it mac os right <laughs> you know but it's uh whatever yeah. i mean vistas goes quietly into the night <laughs> that dude was having fun right now yeah i know right <laughs> uh all right on that note i think it's the that brings us to the end of the headlines Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, that, that one always gets you going you know it's like oh, all right now we're into now we're getting into, into the extra good shit um so talk about uh i think the title's appropriate for this particular discussion topic it really is bitch don't kill my vibe on this one no. um so i'm gonna read the article that i posted on the site if you were one of those lucky people that managed to grab one of those nes classic edition mini consoles Congratulations. Uh, those of you that didn't grab one, you may be out of luck permanently. Nintendo announced on Friday that they will be discontinuing production of the mini console. The last of those consoles are going out to retailers this month, and after that, they're done. Nintendo had this to say in a statement. Throughout April, 
NOA territories will receive the last shipments of Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition systems for this year. We encourage anyone interested in obtaining this system to check with retail outlets regarding availability. We understand that it has been difficult for many consumers to find the to find a system, and for that we apologize. We pay close attention to consumer feedback and greatly appreciate the incredible level of consumer interest and support for this product. For many people, it was an unspoken truth that this was not going to be a long-term item. However, when Nintendo launched the mini console, they never said that it was going to produce it long-term or a limited-time option. Quote, NES Classic Edition wasn't intended to be an ongoing long-term product, Nintendo told I, uh, revealed to IGN on Friday. However, due to high demand, we did add extra shipments to our original plans. Nintendo did mention that it was also going to discontinue the NES Classic controller that was sold separately and compatible with both the Wii and Wii U consoles. Now, that makes more sense given that Nintendo has ceased production on both consoles in favor of, the, of their new Switch. News around the tech world is that Nintendo has something against making money. Maybe it was confusing for Nintendo to have an instant hit on their hands, which sold more than their Wii U did, and they are confused by it. However, if you go by that logic, the Switch should be discontinued by the end of summer. Um, so, <laughs> what what does Nintendo have with making money? Because, you know, we go back to like that whole Mario Kart 8 bundle, and then you have this issue. It's kind of like, you know, what the fuck? I don't know. I really don't. Like, I can't. I was thinking about it today. Like, what could be the possible reason? And the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, maybe it costs too much. Maybe they're maybe they're selling it at a cost. They can't be selling it at cost. No. I've seen I've seen a fucking breakdown of that machine, and it's literally nothing. Yeah. Because all it is is a fucking emulator and a memory stick. It really <laughs> it's it's not that big of a deal. You know, it probably cost them less than a fucking dollar to make. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I don't. It just makes no sense to me personally. I don't really fucking care. Because I can, I can buy a Raspberry Pi and make one of those fucking things that has all the games on it, you know. But it was just it just makes no sense. It, it makes no sense to make something every. It's like oh great they all love it now let's take it away right. Like, what the fuck? Because it really is kind of because like when I heard that, you know, the, the whole thing itself was oh we did, we underestimated demand bullshit. You knew exactly. Say yeah, that. you knew exactly what was going to happen. You knew that people were going to fucking lose their minds and going to go. And now it's like, oh yeah, we listened to your feedback and and you know we apologize for those of you that that had trouble, you know, getting the console you wanted. So in lieu of that, we're just not going to make it anymore. Yeah, like the twisted thing about it is, it all seems like they planned it this way. But who knows why they planned it this way? Right. And but it's just fucking weird, man. Cause, yeah, because it's like, you know, because... <laughs> now, the only thing I can think of, real quick, is that they they think it's going to pull sales away, which would be incorrect. Right. They think it's going to pull sales away from their, their, each, their virtual fucking thing on the Switch, which is stupid. Yeah. Like, it's a novelty item. People bought it because it reminded them when Nintendo was cool. And then they played the old the, the old school games. And let's let's be honest. A lot of people, myself included, wouldn't go through the hassle of making a fucking Raspberry Pi. Or I would. Yeah, I know you would because you're Ooh. you're that much of a dork. Um, but hey, <laughs> that re the reaction reminded me of a guy who I used to work with who 
was talking to this this girl and she was married but her husband got like jealous and was just like i bet you just you know you're just some fat dork and then he looked at me or some yeah fat dork and he goes and you know what offended me the most he called me fat like you know it wasn't the fact that he was yeah. a dork it was just he called him fat that's what that bothered him the most but uh going back to uh, my initial thing is that it was it's already been sold, told that Nintendo sold a million of those um, NES consoles. The Wii U itself only sold like a couple million. Yeah. The Switch sold a million in its um, in its first month of release. Where's the fucking problem? Like, you know, because it's kind of like that. Oh shit, we made something that everybody wants. Uh, um, I don't. I don't. I, you know, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, it's like that chick you know that always you know says like she could never find the right guy or something like that and always manages to sabotage all her relationships. It's like Nintendo is in that position. Like they have no no way to handle good things. You know what it feels like for real? It feels like Nintendo's just being mean. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels like Nintendo's that parent. And there's always parents that do this and I always find it weird where they'll go to hand their, something to their like two-year-old mm-hmm. and then snatch it away and then all their friends will laugh <laughs> right. i never understood those fucking parents um that's what nintendo's doing they're like hey look 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 ah eh, fuck you yeah like what the fuck man but and again and, and that and it just flies in the face of a contradiction to their statement like you know we understand you know people didn't get this and we appreciate your feedback and we've played close attention to it so we're just going to discontinue it it's like wait what if you've been paying close attention to it that means make fucking more of them so people can get it yeah, you're not paying attention. Yeah, because you guarantee you, you know, the people that are going to look for it, they know it's going to come out. They're going to sell out because at this particular point, I mean, if it's not readily available, people are going to be like, I'm not going to want to stand in line for all of that shit just to just to get it. You, you know? know, if they were smart, okay, and <laughs> this is Nintendo, they would, make, they would make an internet enable NES, okay, okay, which has a shop on it and sell every all those old school games for a dollar a piece then not that fucking six dollars a piece they've been selling them. that's a little no ridiculous. no no because zelda still has to sell for 10 bucks oh yeah that's true so whatever <laughs> sell them for sell them for a cheap price dude anything under 10 bucks i would pay yeah right I mean, you know. so do that sell it for 100 bucks i swear to god they would sell fucking like hot case oh fuck yeah and make it look exactly like an nes oh yeah and then with the controllers you can just make them you know make them wireless. make them wireless yeah fucking use rf for crying out loud just you know some you know you don't even have to go like oh we're gonna make them bluetooth or whatever no you don't even have to do that just make them you know. now if they do this in the future i expect a check <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. Right. That's all. That's all you're saying. That's that's really. I'm gonna split now. it with the homie Steve. All right. There we go. And you know we're doing an even eighty twenty. <laughs> Wait hey, a minute. You went, I went to public school, so that's even for me. <laughs> <laughs> you went to California public school, too. right? Seems legit, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where I was just like, I don't, I don't get Nintendo's logic. I mean, because even, I mean, you know, people can sit there and say, and I know, I know you've said it a few times, you know, it's like, well, it's a Japanese company. It's like, no, this is just not even business. Yeah, this one is weird. It's just being stupid. So, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like, what the fuck, dude? And, 
because I can't really find any logical reason for them to do it. Like there is no absolute reason for do it. I understand, you know, oh, well, we're going to discontinue items that were made for consoles that they're no longer making anymore. That's fine. I get that. But you you throw out and you throw out a nostalgia thing and you don't make enough. But we're going to throw all those out there, get the get people amped up and they're going to keep wanting to get it. And then we say, oh, we're going to discontinue it. Right. But we've listened to you. We've listened to you carefully. No, you didn't. Because if you did, you'd be making more. That's just business. We listen to this shit. <laughs> I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you fucking up like this. Haven't you seen my movies? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, 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 they crossed the line. They stepped they step the line. They're Nintendo's habitual line steppers. That's habitual. What, habitual line steppers. <laughs> Bitchful, stupid. That's what it is. Yeah. Yo, man, Whatever. we got it, we got to give them help. You know, we got to kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, they get help. Exactly. <laughs> no, I. It's there's nothing really left to say. Yeah, I mean, it's just stupid. You know what I mean? Like, like whatever. Yeah, I fuck you guys. I mean, the thing is, is that you make enough to where everybody buys them, and then you have some left over. Then you know you sell them at a closeout, whatever you know, and then that's it. But you don't you know i mean unless you, you know unless the now we're gonna come out with the super nes classic you know <laughs> like no we're done after last time oh yeah people will be like i'm good yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah you're gonna go through that again yeah fuck you no no i'm good i'm good bro <laughs> because that's one thing though so the raspberry pi thing isn't that difficult you can actually buy a kit it's like 60 bucks and it has it all there for you you just have to add the game so once the NES Mini came out, that became popular. Like it was on Lifehacker, IGN, everything. So now everybody knows about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, so you, know, you had one chance and you fucked it right. up. You had one chance to make a million dollars and you fucked, fucked it up. up. Why you stay stupid? Yeah. All right. So with that, We'll move on to our douchebag of the week. Now, this week, I'm pretty, you know, if you've been listening to our, or been reading our tweets and stuff like that, you know what our douchebag of the week. There, very seldom does somebody do something exemplarily douchey <laughs> that they, that, that no longer becomes my douchebag or Adam's douchebag. It becomes the lazy geeks douchebag of the week. Right. And if you've seen the memes <laughs> where we beat the competition, not you, and things along that line, you know we're talking about United Airlines. The memes made it worth it. Oh, the, really. the memes are, I, I swear to God, those memes are never getting old. I mean, you know, that the, the Darth Vader choking part was, it's like one of my favorite memes. But my, <laughs> but my ticket says F-18, I'm altering the deal, pray I don't alter it any further. Um, and there was one that I saw the other day that had a uh, Christopher Walken sitting in an airport terminal with like looking all fucking crazy. It's like when you're looking crazy before you get on a United flight, so no one messes with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like some of that shit is great. I mean, get or there's a lot of them like getting ready for my United flight, and it's like a fucking boxing match. <laughs> or they have Bruce shit. Lee stretching. You know, there was another. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that was the best. I saw one. that. I was like, when you're getting ready for United Flight and Bruce Lee's doing all that stretching, and it's that that hardcore stretching that Bruce Lee does. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, oh shit. 
<laughs> so I'm going to read this article from Vanity Fair. Um, in case you have been under a rock or don't know anything about the details. Um, last month, United Airlines faced an onslaught of bad press and social media backlash when it declined to let two female passengers board a flight because they were wearing leggings, apparently, which is apparently in violation of the airline's dress code for passengers flying as past travelers, a perk allowing employees to fly standby for free. Now, the company appears to be employing the Trump method of moving from one scandal, um, moving on from a scandal, creating another one. On Sunday night, video emerged of police dragging a ticketed passenger off of a flight by his arms and legs after the man declined to give up his seat. By Monday morning, the footage had gone viral. United had reportedly overbooked the flight and needed four people to leave so that it could transport four airline staff who needed who need who was needed on another flight from Louisville. But when no one took up the airline on its offer of $800 and a free hotel stay to get another flight the next day, things things took a turn. According to Aruda Bridges, a woman who posted the footage on her Facebook page Sunday night, United Management came onto the flight and, quote, used a computer to randomly select four passengers who will be removed from the from that trip. One couple went willingly, but the but the man in the video who claimed to be a doctor said he needed to see patients the next morning and said he would be contacting his lawyer. Things got a bit worse from there. After after the man refused refused to deplane, he was eventually dragged by his arms and screaming towards the front of the plane. After being forcibly ejected by three security officers, the man was able to get back on the plane, though his face was bloody and seemed disoriented, Bridges said. United offered no update to the flight other um, to the flight's other passengers who waited for more than two hours for things to calm down before taking off. She added, "United, which apparently has the world's worst public relations team on staff, later issued a statement saying, quote, flight 3411 from Chicago to Louisville was overbooked. After our team looked for volunteers, one customer refused to leave the, the aircraft voluntarily, and law enforcement was asked to come to the gate." We apologize for the overbook situation. Further details on the removed cu um, customers should be directed to authorities. So they're sorry for the overbook situation, but not for dragging the ticketed customer off the plane by the legs and arms of the situation. United CEO Oscar Munoz released a statement on Twitter saying, quote, this is an upsetting event for all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with authorities and conduct our own detailed review of what happened. We are also reaching out to the customer to talk to him directly and further resolve the situation. Well, the problem with that came when um, uh, the CEO kind of gave a sorry, not sorry kind of thing. Uh, he, let's see, from also from Vanity Fair, uh, Let's see, United, which faced an early onslaught of bad press last month, refused to allow two women aboard. Um, he responded nightmarishly to the tone deaf that will go down in corporate PR history. Quote, I apologize for having re to reaccommodate these customers, said the, CE the CEO of United. The airline said in a statement that it apologized for the Overbrook situation while making zero mention of the fact that a human being had been dragged off by one of its planes by its legs and arms. The Chicago Police Department did their part to make things worse by releasing their own statement explaining that the man injured his face when he fell onto an armrest. 
but Munoz still had more to say after he had, after all, received an actual award for PR last month as Communicator of the Year. And he also penned a letter to employees Monday here wherein he extensively blamed the victim for the force for forcing United's hand. Dear team, like you, I was upset to hear about what happened on last night's uh, last night aboard United Express Flight 3411 headed to Chicago from Chicago to Louisville. While the facts and circumstances are still evolving, especially with the respect to why the customer defied Chicago aviation security officers the way he did to give you a clearer picture of what transpired, I've included below a recap of the preliminary reports filed by our employees. As you will read, the situation was unfortunately compounded when one of the passengers were politely asked to de um, deplane, refused, and it became necessary to contact Chicago Aviation Security Officers to help. Our employees followed established procedures for dealing with situations like this. While I deeply regret the situation arose, I also empathically stand behind all of you, and I want to commend you for continuing to go above and beyond to ensure we fly right. I do, however, believe that the lessons we can learn from this experience, and we are taking a close look at the circumstances surrounding the incident, treating our customers and each other with respect and dignity, is at the core of what we are, and must always remember this no matter how challenging the situation is. According to United and Munoz telling how everything went down, they kind of gave a little list of, you know, what had happened. And basically, United kind of stayed pretty much, you know, fuck you, we did what we did, you know, homeboy, you know, made all these issues. And then come Monday morning, they literally took the we about that life stand. Yeah. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and then they dropped on Monday morning. Their stock dropped, I think it was like 4%, literally yeah. losing like, was it something like $800 million in one day? And then suddenly the CEO was like, yo, you know, you know, we kind of took a little harder look at, at stuff. And See what had happened was. Pretty much, yeah. It was basically like, all right, so, you know, we regret the things that, that happened and uh, we really extremely apologize for um for everything that happened it was like yeah after losing nearly 800 million dollars in your in your company's value suddenly now you're like oh we, we we sorry you know we take full responsibility and we'll work to make it right it's like yeah okay sure guy sometimes well they kind of they kind of ruined that doctor's life too because i guess he had lost they they everybody dug into his past and they found out that he had lost his license and he had just gotten it back. And I guess he lost his license for like right now pain scripts for getting blowjobs or something <laughs> like. So this guy basically has no life now, mm -hmm. all because of some dumb shit. And then what pisses me off about it is at first, because even when when Steve brought it up to me, I was like, well, isn't just some guy that wouldn't get off the plane? Like, I, I hadn't really watched it already. And um the dirty thing was, is the flight wasn't overbooked. They wanted to tote around their employees. Yeah. Four of their employees to somewhere else. Right. So the flight wasn't overbooked. It was perfectly booked. They just were like, oh, no, our people need the seats. Right. But what some of the things that, you know, some people were saying was, why did they wait till everybody was on the plane? Why did yeah. if they obviously, you know, in advance. So why didn't you just be like, oh, you know what? You know, 
why you have them in the terminal, maybe a later flight or something like that. Why did you have to wait till everybody was already on board to do that? And it's like, and these fuckers were flying for free. So it's not like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, if you, you know, and the thing is, it's like, yeah, but they offered them like, you know, money and to, to, to go somewhere. So it's like, yeah, but some people don't have that luxury. But they still didn't offer him the amount that's supposed to be offered. So they offered him a refund, but then you get a refund if they could rebook your flight the same day. Mm -hmm. You get a full refund. If it's anything over that, and I might be speaking a little bit wrong, but from the way it was explained to me, um, if you if it's anything over 24 hours, like they, they have to put you in a hotel and give you double the amount you paid and the flight. And they weren't offering them that. They were like, well, we can't get you a flight today, but we'll give you like, I think it was like one and a half. Like they were playing games with them. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's like, man, fuck you guys. Like I got to, I got to be somewhere, you know? And it's, it's, it's just stupid. <laughs> like I was just like United. You've always been known for being shitty. Why do you have to keep proving? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh, I was listening to, uh, Oh, what was it? I think it was SNL. They were like, your motto is fly the friendly skies. But apparently on the ground, all bets are off. That's right. <laughs> Fucking welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. Seriously. Like, shit. United was all like, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Right. Bitch, don't kill, bitch, don't my, kill my, vibe. my vibe. I can hear your heart from two planets away. <laughs> I can feel your vibe. I was like, from two flights away. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, I was like, wow. That's like, ugh. And it, and it it's funny like and this the thing is is what brought up a lot of this was the fact that you know er, it, uh, a comedian I was listening to said if I said hey I created I made these watches send me your money and you'll get these watches and then you send me the money and then I say oh I don't have enough watches to give out to everybody too bad that's illegal yeah but if you have an overbooked flight that's okay they can do whatever. And it w you can even make it worse and more to the point. Oh, I have enough watches, but a couple of the homies. Right. Yeah. So too fucking bad. Yeah, exactly. So like it, I get it. Like people, people did make the argument. They're going to give him his money back. So he shouldn't care. Not when it's traveling. Yeah. He has somewhere to go. Yeah. Like it'd be different if he bought something. And it would just be a minor annoyance. Right. Like, hey, uh, sorry, we can't give this. Here's, here's your cash back. But who, and he'd be like, ah, you know, whatever. And here's the thing is, it's like, who is the airline to dictate? Like, oh, your your plans don't matter. So, like, let's say, you know, you take the time off and, you know, you're like, okay, you have to be back at work on Monday. They're like, oh, well, you're being pushed off because we didn't make room for our employees. But your life doesn't matter. Yeah, and they hide behind that. Oh, well, it was a computer that randomly selected. Yeah. It's like you pressed the button, didn't you? Yeah. Like you can't, you don't know what those four people have to do. Like, yes, you could very well have someone who's like, oh, whatever. You know, I got the rest of the week off. You know, I'll take that hotel. Yeah. That'd be me. Right. You know, I'd be like, I'll take that fucking hotel room. Like, whatever. But then you got someone who's like, hey, I'm a doctor, man. I got appointments. You know, that shit ain't right. <laughs> what was that meme, you know? the, the meme with the, the patient in the bed and the doctor right there? And he's like, you know, it's like, yeah, we're ready for your surgery tomorrow. Good. I hope my doctor gets to make his flight. <laughs> oh, man. Well, did they ever find out what kind of doctor he was? Uh, not that I'm aware of. But. Whatever. <laughs> it's just, 
United's stupid. <laughs> the sad thing is I'll still fly United if they have the cheaper ticket. Right. Nobody picks airlines anymore. Yeah. They go to cheaptickets.com or whatever, plug in where they're going, and whoever's the cheapest, which is usually Delta will is or Southwest, will be who you're flying. Right. Like, you don't even fucking care. <laughs> Half the time I don't even know what airline I'm flying. <laughs> you just know the gate. You just there. know the gate yeah. number. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Uh, all right. Well, that is it for this episode. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. That'll help us out immensely. Want to check out our back catalog? You can find them on Stitcher, iTunes. You can go to iHeartRadio as well or the website, thelazygeeks.com. If you want to suggest stories for the show, you can share them on our Facebook page. We're also on social media, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also drop, um, we also want some feedback. So drop um, drop it on the site, lazygeeks.com, or at our mailbag, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. You can also find me on the interwebs on Twitter, at middleagegeek, Instagram, middleaged underscore geek, or check out my blog, themiddleagegeek.com. And you can find me on Twitter at sapientlg, baby, or removing Not you, baby. or removing you from your uh, next uh, United flight, <laughs> right? Or being removed <laughs> from the United. And be sure to tune in on Friday for the return of the cheap seats, where we actually start uh, looking into movies from 1979, and we kick off our 1979 year with the Ridley Scott sci-fi horror classic alien so that is it for this week i'm stephen vargas i'm adam riley so until next time peace out This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.